Dear friends, today we celebrate the feast of St. Paul of the Cross. He lived in the 1700s and he founded the Passionist Order in order to contemplate and to console our Lord in the mysteries and the events of his Passion. My name is Canon Matthew Tallarico. I serve with the Institute of Christ the King Sovereign Priest and I'm very grateful to be here at Spirit Jew Studios in order to offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I invite every one of you to be spiritually united with this Mass during this time of pandemic as we pray for our world, for all the sick, for all the healthcare workers, and for all those who are adversely affected by this pandemic. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen. Catholicism is full of paradoxes. This is the observation of the Catholic writer G.K. Chesterton and so many other writers and saints throughout history. Catholicism is full of paradoxes. And a paradox is an apparent contradiction, a statement which at first seems absurd, but in fact it's well-founded. For example, Mary is both virgin and mother. There are three persons in one God. These are paradoxes. These statements are not absurd, no, but they contain a supernatural light which is too bright for our eyes to comprehend on earth. Kind of like the owl cannot fly outside during the day because the sunlight is too bright. So does the wisdom of God outshine our limited human understanding. For our human eyes, the divine light of truth is too bright. And we find such a paradox in the enlightening mystery of the cross. Through the death of Jesus, our God and Creator, we receive the supernatural life of grace. The cross is the spiritual key which unlocks the gate of heaven. Christ's death brings eternal life. That is another paradox. As we celebrate the feast of St. Paul of the Cross, who gave his life to contemplating the mystery of the cross and teaching it to others, we recall that the cross remains a mystery. The cross is a mystery because its divine light is too bright. But the Church, as a good mother, helps us to better understand the mystery of the cross, and that's why the Church gave us the liturgy. In the Liturgy of the Mass, which we celebrate here this morning, there is a very beautiful ceremony at every Mass which illuminates the life-giving mystery of the cross and the resurrection. From the pews or uh, through the computer, you are not able to see this rite because during the traditional rite of Mass, the priest and the people together face the same direction. They look east. They look toward heaven. They look toward the direction of the rising sun. And as one family, they face the same direction. So I'll briefly explain to you now the ceremony which you are not able to see firsthand. After the Our Father of the Mass, uh, the priest takes the large sacred host, which has just been consecrated. It looks like bread, but it is truly no longer bread. It is really, truly, and substantially the body 
of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the priest takes this large sacred host, which has already been consecrated, and he holds it over the chalice, which contains the precious blood, and he breaks the large host in half, down the middle, into two parts, so that he can more easily consume it later at Holy Communion. And this part of the Mass where the priest breaks the large sacred host in half, this is called the fraction. The fraction. The host is broken in half. The word fraction comes from the Latin word fractio, which means to break. Now, the priest breaks the sacred host at Mass because our Lord himself broke the bread at the Last Supper, as the Gospels tell us. And remember, the disciples at Emmaus, they recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread. So this breaking of the consecrated bread at Mass symbolizes the death of our Lord on the cross, when his body was broken, when he suffered death for love of us. And our crucified Jesus, he poured out every drop of his precious blood for us on the cross. So there was a separation among Calvary, a separation of his body and his blood. They were separated as he suffered his passion. Just like at Mass, the body of Christ in the sacred host is separated from the blood of Christ contained in the chalice. So the, the fraction, when the sacred host is broken, this is a sacramental representation. This is a sacred sign. It shows us the, the fraction is the mystical death of Christ on the cross. He who is the, the creator and the author of all life, he suffered death for our salvation. From death there came life. And that is what we think about when the priest breaks the sacred host. You can hear the, the breaking sound during that ceremony of the Mass. Our Lord is, um, is in this state of the, the mystical death at that moment of the Mass. And then, afterwards, the priest breaks off a small a third part of the host, a small little piece. He breaks that off, and he puts down the two larger halves of the host, down upon the paten on the altar, and then he only holds above the chalice this small third part that he just broke off. And with this little piece of the sacred host, he makes three signs of the cross over the chalice. As he says, Pax Domini sit semper vobiscum, may the peace of the Lord remain with you always. And he makes those three signs of the cross. So we're reminded how peace is restored between God and man through the cross of Christ. And then the priest drops the small particle of the host into the precious blood contained in the chalice. As he says this prayer in a low voice, may the mingling of this body and blood of Christ benefit our souls unto life everlasting. So again, the small little particle was dropped into the chalice. It, 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 falls into the precious blood of our Lord under the species of the wine, which is no longer truly wine, but really, truly, and substantially the body and the blood of our Lord. And then we have this mingling, the mingling of the, of the host and the precious blood. This is symbolic of the resurrection of Christ. When his glorified body was brought back to life and the body and blood, which were separated in the passion on the cross, 
the body and the blood come back together in the resurrection. And so the mingling of the sacred host and the consecrated wine in the chalice, this, it, it's a sacramental representation of the reunion of the body and the blood of our Lord in his resurrection. Once again, from death there came life. And we have a sacramental representation that we can see here upon the altar during the Mass. And it reminds us of how we have this mystery of the cross, this mystery from where our Lord from death brings us eternal life. We can get a, a glimpse of that at every Mass. So, this lesson from the liturgy reminds us all of what our life is meant to be. That Jesus suffered for us to leave an example. And it's up to us to follow in his footsteps. Like Christ crucified, we also must suffer. And there are times when our minds and our hearts may break because of sorrow and difficulty. Our bodies may perhaps suffer illness and, and misunderstanding, a painful loss. Like Christ, we must also be sacrificed. But if we suffer with him, then we will also rise with him. From death, there comes life in Christ Jesus. Through his death, Christ becomes our bread of life, our, our Eucharistic bread. And we receive Holy Communion, even if we make a spiritual communion from our homes, then we can receive the spiritual fruits of Christ's passion. We obtain the supernatural life of Christ risen from the dead. And this, this living bread of the Eucharist gives a divine life to our souls. That's what we think of at every Mass when the priest drops that sacred particle into the chalice. As he says, may the mingling of this body and blood of Christ benefit our souls unto life everlasting. Every encounter with the Holy Eucharist makes us think of heaven. Every communion, even spiritual communion, reminds us that the resurrection of Christ foretells our own resurrection. When our bodies, which will be in the tomb at the end of time, our bodies will once again, they will rise. They will be reunited to our souls. And in that day, on the last day, there will be no more suffering, no more fatigue, no more hard work, no more tears, no more sorrow. But if we lived faithful to Christ, if we died in the state of grace, if we died with faith, hope, and charity in our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection, then we will rise again to contemplate him in the happiness and the eternal joy of heaven. So moments of suffering, dear friends, let us not be discouraged. Let us have confidence. Let us be full of Christian hope that life indeed sometimes has understandings and paradoxes that we live. We don't always understand. Because, like the cross of Christ, God's plan is too bright. The divine light of God's plan is too bright for our daily lives. So if we feel bruised and beaten by life, let us go to the altar of God. At least let us go in spirit. And let us today renew our resolution that whenever we're able to go back to Mass and church, let us prepare our hearts already for that moment so that we will have a deeper 
devotion to our Lord and the Holy Eucharist so that we will be ready to spend more time with our Eucharistic Lord. We will make more spiritual communions now in our homes during this time of pandemic. And the more we're spiritually united with our Lord in the Eucharist, the more we will begin to understand and make sense out of the sufferings of life. The more we will, we will see that actually through the paradox of our sufferings in this world, we will have eternal life and joy in the next world, in heaven. After Good Friday, my friends, there always comes Easter, Easter Sunday. So, if we suffer and if we will one day die, we know that we will rise again with new life, the eternal life of heaven. Let us have hope. Let us have confidence. Let us go forward and let this faith illuminate our path and the days and the years ahead. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.